Hello everyone, uh, this is Akshay from Care Clinic. We are doing our first inaugural self-care care clinic podcast. Uh, I just want to introduce to you my co-host, Bhargav. Hello everyone, this is Bhargav here. I am speaking here from Atlanta, Georgia. All right, I'm from Toronto and uh, we're just going to talk about how to improve your health, what self-care means to us and help you better optimize your health overall. So let's just get right into it. Um, Bargov, what have you been up to these days in terms of self-care? Self-care, I have to say, definitely intermittent fasting and uh, oxygen training. All right, well, that sounds interesting. Why don't you tell me more? Okay, so oxygen training, uh, it is getting kind of popular. Uh, There's an acronym for it, it's called EWOT. Um, E-W-O-T, which just means exercise with oxygen therapy. Um, basically, you'll be doing a high-intensity interval training on a, a cardio equipment, most commonly a uh, stationary bike. And then you'll be hooked up to a oxygen mask. And the company that, uh, that I use for the, for the oxygen therapy is called Live O2. Uh, the O2 stands for oxygen. And the the unique thing about this company versus others is that they do contrast um contrast being you'll be uh, breathing in 14 percent oxygen kind of like training on top of a mountain and then 90 percent oxygen and nowhere in the universe right so what that does is that when you're training in the 14 percent oxygen your body really is not going to like it and it's going to start demanding oxygen and then when you when the demand um, as part of the demand, your blood flow will go up and you'll uh, be more vasodilated. Using the blood flow and the vasodilation, they'll push you onto 90% oxygen. And then all this 90% oxygen has this travel mechanism using the blood flow and the vasodilation to get deep um, to get saturated deeper into your tissues. So it's like a fast-tracked hyperbaric chamber. Um, and uh, a famous biohacker that's, uh, that does this often, and he has one in his house called uh, Ben, uh, he's Ben G- Greenfield. He calls it, um, oh, let me remember, okay, he, call, he calls it LIVO2, gangbusters for mitochondrial genesis, and I find that to be very true. Well, that sounds pretty interesting because I am actually going to Peru in a few months. Okay. Uh, to Machu Picchu, and uh-huh. I was kind of worried because of the high altitude. Uh-huh. And I mean, I guess this would be the perfect way to train for it, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They On their podcast, uh, they actually had a doctor that has one in his clinic, and then he went to go um, spend about 10 days on the base camp in, uh, at Mount Everest. And then he says the only reason he was um, thriving in that environment compared to his, his whole camp was because he was doing uh, altitude training using this um using oxygen therapy and are you are you do you have access to or how easy is it for you to go to new york actually um i mean it's a simple it's as simple as taking a flight but uh i'm gonna see if there's local clinics uh here that could potentially offer something similar yeah yeah that would be yeah that'd be awesome and if anything of course you can do uh the, the, the simple way of doing this is, of course, by doing Wim Hof um, breathing, and that's very much doing the same thing. But, uh, of course, LIVO2 is going to be a fast-tracked turbo version of Wim Hof uh, method. And 
for now, if you don't have access to it, just I get I say get started with the Wim Hof breathing. Yeah, I mean, uh, going to Peru, my biggest fear is uh, getting altitude sickness because a friend of mine just came back. He did the Rainbow Mountains and uh-huh that but uh unfortunately for him he mm -hmm. got sick on the first day okay so he wasn't able to really enjoy his time there because of it and uh he told me i can actually buy um co cocoa leaves uh-huh and uh so the locals there they actually chew on it okay uh, okay i'm not exactly sure what it does but mm -hmm. it said that's like a local remedy that they utilize to just feel better in that sort of environment Okay, so another uh, biohack I have for you. Um, I know we're going to get into biohacking in a minute, but um, Stephen Fawkes, he's he gets dubbed as the grandfather of biohacking, and then he recommends this. Whenever you're going to go on uh, altitude um, areas, you want to pack with you either paracetam or uh, anaracetam, right? I'm and guessing both, as it, it increases uh, oxygen in the blood to the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so most people really uh, can beat their um, altitude sickness very easily by just taking, you know, one standard dose of either paracetam or anaracetam. Um, so just check, look into that, see how that, see how that would fit into your trip. I, uh, I actually got a little tool that I ordered in mail today. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called a pulse oximeter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I mean, these were probably about like eight bucks off of uh -huh. eBay. Uh huh. But, um, they don't come with batteries, but I just got to put batteries in this. And uh, yeah. this way, when I'm training, I can see what my oxygen levels are, I guess. Okay. Um, it also measures mm -hmm. a few other things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to take this along with me and see how useful it is. Yeah, it, they're they're very useful. So as part of the oxygen training, you actually get hooked up with two um, uh, pulse pulse oximeters um, on your both index fingers, and you can clearly see your numbers dropping and then saturating back up as you go through the workout. Um, it's they're they're very useful, very good uh, biofeedback devices. Yeah, and I mean for the price you pay, you know, like anyone that's serious about trekking or you know mm -hmm. mountain climbing or whatever. Should mm -hmm. definitely consider buying one of these. Uh, they're yeah. pretty cheap, but I guess the cheaper you go, maybe the quality may not be as high. But I mean, you can still get a good rough idea from using one of these. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So okay. So we're talking about all these cool gadgets and uh, things you can do to uh, optimize yourself for different conditions and different. Mm -hmm. Um. So would you say all this just falls into the realm of biohacking? Yes, it does. And biohacking is no longer some um, some off off term. It's actually in the um, in the dictionary as of 2018. And then um, and the definition goes like this. It's the art and science of changing the world outside of you and inside of you so you can have control over your biology. And yes, for what we just mentioned and and what we're going to be getting into later on it will be falling into biohacking. So was this term originally coined by those that were installing uh, like magnets underneath their uh, fingers or is it like a newer term? Oh man, that stuff. Um, yeah, that's, you know, th th that, that group, of course, you're going to have the more extreme uh, sets of characters of any group, right? And I hope that group doesn't give a bad um, character to the word biohacking. But here, it wasn't. No, it was not coined by those people. It was actually coined by the guy 
who um, encourages you to put butter in coffee, um, who is Dave Ashby, and he's the founder of Bulletproof um, Coffee. Okay, so tell me this. Uh, how does someone get into the world of biohacking? How did you discover it? So I, okay, how did I discover it? So I always, um, for me, um, inflammation affect, impacts people in different ways. For me, it's, it's always cognitive, right? So I can get hung, like I can get hungover easily just from eating, eating junk food, right? And I just pay a cognitive price every time I eat poorly. And this has been the case since I've been a kid. And it took me a long while. Um, it took me almost 20 years to figure that out. And around when I was 20, I started getting into keto. Like So I always tell people I fell on the right side of the sword. Uh, what I mean by that is I fell for, of course, the, the the gimmicks of marketing about diets, right? And then so I fell for the, oh, do keto and then your brain fog will go away or your, your cognition will improve. Of course, eating the first keto meal or did not really solve my cognitive uh, issues, but as I, as I went along and started, you know, optimizing my diet, I started recognizing, wow, like the improvements in my, in my, cogn in my cognitive abilities um, drastically improved. And so I came into the world of biohacking in, through diet and through keto and then putting butter in my coffee, of course. Um, butter in your coffee. Um, mm -hmm. Many people listening might find that a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, I guess you do it on a regular basis or? Oh yeah, a regular basis. So he, he, this is how you have to think of it. It is not something new. Uh, if anything, even the guy who, who popularized in America and in the Western part of the uh, world um, says he got it, he got the idea from uh, when he traveled to Tibet. And in Tibet, they were uh, drinking yak butter tea. And so these people, uh, he would observe these people, and then these people have, would be rather have really low um, economic standards, right? But they would have their mule, and they would have a little cargo thing for the mule. And on, in the cargo thing, they would have a little motorcycle battery with a blender and yak butter and tea. So people who are really deprived of uh, a lot of things in life would carry this, carry this little biohack together, you know? And so he thought, oh, there's got to be something to this, right? And then turns out um, but butyrate, um, the word butter comes from the word butyrate, and butyrate is the fatty acid that's found in butter, is very anti-inflammatory and provides a really fast energy levels to the brain. And so he started experimenting with this and, and recognized if I get clean coffee and grass-fed butter, um, Yes, the butter did eat grass. No, that's just a joke. It, the butter has to be coming from grass-fed cows because um, the, the fatty profile is going to be different from a, from a cow that ate grain versus a cow that ate grass, which is its natural diet. So he recognized clean coffee, butter, and then MCT oil, which is refined coconut oil, blend it all together. You want The key is to blend it. Otherwise, it's just not going to do you well. Sure, you might get the benefit of it, but in terms of taste, you want the more frappuccino-like, you want to blend it, and as soon as you blend it, it tastes amazing. And then if you are, uh, if you like sweet stuff, um, you can even add a little bit of stevia to it, and then you, you can get away with using sugar in the morning and then using healthy fat for breakfast. Okay, okay, that's interesting. But what I'm wondering now is um, why don't people um, around that area also use it? I mean, 
and why is it only popular in that region because yeah, yeah. Okay, so one thing you have to look at Tibet, it's it's one of those high altitude places, right? And so these people um, needed to have the most bang for the buck kind of biohack, whether they knew about biohacking or not. Um, and then they re- recognized, oh, doing this, you know, spiking our um, tea with some fat really helps our energy levels uh, and it helps us adapt to this uh, altitude. Um, yeah. Okay, so maybe it might help me as well when I go to Peru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do um, find some healthy source of fat with your um, coffee or tea over there. I'm definitely going to be recording all of my results in uh, my care plan. Uh-huh. Uh, in public so others can follow it as well and see what yeah. the results were for me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but you know, this all begs the question of safety. We don't mm-hmm. really see, for example governments you know approving or recommending butter uh, daily dosages of butter mm-hmm. in coffee so how does how does one go on about determining how much they should consume if maybe the governmental guidelines may not be sufficient enough um, oh, yeah so so i battle with this often right so like i always like every time i try something new and it's and it's recreatable, like it's not just a one-off type of biohack and give me one-time result. It's something that gives me result, results every single day. I always wonder, like, how come this is not common knowledge or how come it can be more popular? So the thing with the thing with big governments and their guidelines is this. It's hard to bring new science and new research to the masses immediately. Like, there's always going to be a lag and it's it's going to have to be with it's going to be have to be. It's going to fall on people to rec- represent the world of biohacking or represent the world of uh, new and proper research to kind of make things popular, right? And of course, and so having that said, there's going to be a concern of safety. So if non-health experts or non-medical field experts are recommending things, how do you how do you decipher if that's going to help be helpful or not? So first thing that comes to my mind is le- minimal effective dose. What that means is that you try a little bit at first, just to make sure you, you're not having an allergic reaction. So we'll take, but, uh, we'll take the butter coffee, for instance, right? Or in other words, bulletproof coffee. Um, instead of putting a whole two tablespoons of butter, maybe try a quarter tablespoon of butter and try that. See if that kind of gives you allergic reactions or not. Um, if, if that doesn't, perfect, then step it up a little bit. Maybe this time go, you know, half a tablespoon and then if that doesn't and then then you can then you should be more so um or then you should feel safe to go ahead and try the full recipe and then you can apply this method to other kind of uh, nootropics for instance right so if standard dose of uh, some nootropic could be 200 milligrams maybe just take 50 see if you're getting you might not feel anything but at least you got to know um, oh, I'm not allergic to this, or maybe I am allergic allergic to this. Therefore, this is not for me. You know what? Uh, there was a uh, there was a tea that was popular. Um, that's popular in South America, mm-hmm. uh, especially for those that are doing altitude training. Do you happen to remember the name uh, of it? So, is it would it be Herba Mate? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, does that help with um, so? Altitude? I, I switch things up often. Um, well, not too often. I really like my coffee. 
But at one point, I did try herba mate, and the funny thing is, it. I don't know if you have Kroger, Kroger uh, um, grocery stores in Canada, but Kroger is like a is more of the run of the mill kind of grocery store. Even now, you can find herba mate in Kroger. So things like this are getting popular, and sure, I'm very sure herba mate has enough alkaloids in there besides just caffeine to kind of help you give a boost to your trip, and especially dealing with high altitude. Interesting. Um, I'm so like I was saying, I'm gonna keep track of all of this in my care plan, mm -hmm. and I'll probably name it something along the lines of high altitude care plan. Just. Mm -hmm. Anyone's interested, they can follow that. And mm -hmm. I guess I'll put these ailments in there. Okay. Uh, but I mean, do you have your own um, plans of any kind for different, different okay. health goals, perhaps? Yes, I do. So um, when it comes to plans, so I have one standard plan, which is called a full stack, which is, which contains every single thing that I would take on a weekly basis, not necessarily every everyday basis. And so as I take a certain thing on today or yesterday, I go ahead and record it. Um, and that, gives me, that helps me keep track of things in terms of uh, ailments. So one popular thing for me is every time I feel like I'm catching something, like a cold or something, um, I go ahead and dose heavily with uh, vitamin C, take two servings, which would be two grams, every three hours or so. Um, the reason for taking it often is this. Vitamin C, uh, it, get, it gets metabolized very easily within about an hour and a half. Um, it has a very short half-life, so you want to keep up the vitamin C uh, dosage throughout the day or just keep that up for the first day just be, or, or more so on the day that you feel like you're catching something and I have been able to not be sick for a while now like I, I'm able to stay on top of catching something for a while now doing that okay um what about basically for diet I mean a lot of people think um or actually no it's a fact that mm -hmm. Food plays a critical role in your health. You are mm -hmm. what you eat, as mm -hmm. it goes. So, what about what about that? Can you touch on what you do for yes. diet? Yes. So, I like to say I do paleo plus one. Uh, the plus one has to do with this. Um, you also have to factor in something something else when it comes to paleo. Um, is that we were not as a humanity used to eating North and South American plants, uh, which are nightshades, for, uh, for example, like peppers, tomatoes, eggplants. Um, and as you, as you just mentioned, what you eat plays a big role in your, in your well-being, right? It also has to be true that what you don't eat also plays a big role in your health. Here's why. Um, the, the nightshades, for example, um, are actually pre pretty inflammatory unless you prepare them the right way. So you, yes, you can eat a lot of superfoods, like you can eat, you know, like the most amazing avocado, you know, grown in the world. But if you eat one thing that's not good for your biology, it kind of negates the 10 other superfoods, right? And the best way for me to summarize um, this paleo plus one concept is um, having people try the plant paradox uh, model and the plant paradox is written it's a book about diet that that was written by dr stephen gundry um and then he puts he, he lays out a really good case on why you want to optimize the way you um one he says 
work on cooking certain foods, certain plants in a certain way, so so you can reduce the inflammatory uh, profile of them. And even after doing that, you still are dealing with some kind of inflammation. Then you might as well go ahead and eliminate them. And uh, the basis for his protocol would be to avoiding or to preparing uh, nitrate vegetables in a proper way to re reduce their inflammatory profile. So what does that mean? Does that mean using maybe like an instant pot or something? Yes, I am a big fan of my instant pot. It, um, you know, in, within 15 minutes, you can you can get a one pot meal done and then it keeps you from going out and then spending money on a fancy restaurant. And, and also, it's even better than spending money at a fancy restaurant because you can be in more control of the ingredients that you put into it. And Dr. Gundry also recommends using Instant Pot, which is a pressure cooker. And it's an electric pressure cooker, so it, there's not a risk of like it blowing up or anything. Um, and then you just press a button, and then out comes your meal 15 minutes later. So what do you cook in it? I often make um, coconut rice. Uh, coconut rice would be... Oh, so this would be kind of going against the paleo, right? So I'm eating a grain. Uh, but here's the thing with, with uh, coconut rice. Um, it's actually can be made healthy for you. Rice can be made healthy for you. One, you, you want to eat white rice instead of brown rice because brown rice has the, the inflammatory profile, which is the hull, which is the protective part, which makes it brown. So if you remove the, the protective part, the brown part, you're removing the the protein that's kind of damaging um, for your digestive uh, system. So you reduce, so removing the, the hull reduces the, the inflammatory profile of it. And then two, you cook the white rice with some coconut oil. Um, and then you want to put this in the fridge overnight and then heat it up as you go. Um, what, what this is going to do is create prebiotic um, fiber um, the coconut will get into the into the rice and create prebiotic fiber. So it's not just about taking probiotics; it's also about eating prebiotics, which will help you uh, create more butyrate. So how do they do that? So you, when you eat prebiotic food, you're inviting more gut bacteria that that creates uh, uh, butyrate, and so it's healthy for your um, intestines, especially your colon and your uh, gut brain barrier. So um, I think uh, Dave Asprey refers to this uh, as an anti-nutrient um, when yeah. foods when foods um, that can be good um, but still have an element of I guess like toxicity to it to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is gonna be this is one of those things, and Dr. Gundry makes a pretty good um, track and helping you. Uh, go on an elimination diet and then adding these foods one by one so you can be so you can put an eye on it and then test to see if it's causing inflammation to you or not. So I can I, I do fine when I eat potatoes uh, and I do fine when I eat peppers, but like we're eating eggplants and eating a whole bunch of sugar, that throws me off. You know, that like that gives me that the the hangover that I that I really dread. And so, yeah, so what you can do is do an elimination diet and then, and then see which, which foods are suspect to your biology. Um, your, the coconut oil that you're using, mm -hmm. does it, is it refined so that it doesn't give you that coconut flavor? Um, so you can use the, 
you can use refined um, uh, coconut oil. For me, I don't do that uh, just because I put enough spices in my rice when I when I um, make a serving of it, where it, the coconut taste just goes away. Okay, okay. Um, you know, that's the thing. Like, we don't know what, like, we're given a list of what we can eat in mm -hmm. Dr. Gundry's book. Mm -hmm. but what do you think about these uh, DNA kits that are becoming very prevalent today, which uh, tell you what kind of nutritional profile your body may actually yeah. enjoy eating or uh -huh. I mean, healthy? Yeah. With? Have you done one of these tests? So I have not yet done one of those tests. I um I have done a kind of a ballpark, a neighborhood type of thing. I used uh, Dr. Uh, William Walsh's protocol. This is a uh, nutrient um, profile protocol where where you they read your blood markers and your um and then see if, if your blood markers show that you're deficient in one nutrient versus another or when you have or if you have too much of one how you can reduce it and doing that protocol i have to owe a lot um to that protocol honestly and it helped me kind of fine tune and then take away the guesswork of biohacking and i would actually recommend a lot of people um to do something similar whether it's dr walsh's protocol i will we'll link to this uh, protocol in the in the show notes so you, you guys can check it out but i would re really recommend a medical protocol and then, of course, this, the more DNA things are coming out now. And I, I have not done one of them, but I'll be so stoked to uh, to try one, especially Viome. Uh, seems pretty pretty interesting. A goofy, um, a goofy approach, I would say, but very interesting. <laughs> um, I've actually done one of these DNA tests, but okay. I did it a while ago, and it was through 23andMe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they don't give nutrient profiles, but what I found out was I may be 1% Finnish. Now, I don't know the accuracy <laughs> of that, but oh, wow. and it told me that I have the sprinter muscle type. Okay. So, okay. So that was interesting. And along with that, it told me that I'm related to basically like half the people in America in some way or another. I get a notification <laughs> every week telling me, you know, George Washington is my cousin now. Like, uh -huh. and, uh, uh -huh. so I, I'm kind of doubting the accuracy of it. I'm sure it's going to improve. Wow, that's that's incredible. Their database. Yeah, but as of now, I mean, it's a it's an interesting emerging technology to just kind of keep your eye on. Yeah, yeah, and then and I, I, they make good gifts too. Um, they always have a sale every now and then. Yeah, so maybe not for uh, uh, maybe the accuracy in terms of. Um, ancestry might be lacking or it needs to be uh, sussed out sussed out more but i would say it would be a great thing to have um if you're new to biohacking and then you know spending a few you know, a few dollars on one of these uh, programs would be helpful in this regard it would reduce your um your safety profile here's here's why if you have a risk factor for some kind of um illness and then the, the side effect of the biohack that you want to try, maybe a nootropic, has um, is kind of propagated to that. Then you can you can be more assuring to say, hey, this biohack is not for me. Maybe I'll pick something with, which doesn't have so which doesn't have the side effect profile, which kind of collides with with my uh, risk profile. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so I mean, there's a lot of these uh, quick hacks 
biohacks um, that you have that you know about. What is, um, I guess, say your favorite and for what goal? Okay, so diet is one thing that everyone has to deal with. And I would say this, um, when it comes to diet, whether you try Dr. Gundish protocol or whatnot else, don't worry about diet. Maybe you experiment with intermittent fasting. Um, what, what intermittent fasting is, you eat, you pick a block of uh, time during your day, maybe six to eight hours, and then you eat, you eat all your food, um, all your carbs and protein in that window. And this, uh, this is going to allow you to kind of cut down on the volume of food that you're going to be eating. And also, um, let you say, you're not making the healthiest choices when it comes to your ingredients, right? Doing the intermittent fasting, it's going to help you um, taper down naturally on the amount of junk food, for instance, you're going to be eating. And I do this often when I, uh, whenever holidays roll by. And then, um, you know, like I'm always, you always get invited to things and you're always going to be eating a whole bunch of foods that are not going to be most agreeing um, to your biology and th that's certainly the case for me so what I what I'll do if I'm going to get invited to a dinner party I'll uh, I'll do my coffee fast which is you know bulletproof coffee all throughout the day which is plenty of calories and keeps me you know keeps me sharp right and then I'll go to the dinner party and I'll just eat the food there so that way I'm not eating a whole bunch of junk food all throughout the day and then this this can this way you can re really reduce the the hangover the next day so intermittent fasting is one, and I say cold showers. Um, cold showers are great. Cold therapy is great. Um, of course, you can go do cryo, but if you want to just do something for free, that that you just utilize your the shower that you do regularly, right? Just start off with the last thirty seconds on on cold and see how that feels. I promise you, the more you do it, the more you recognize it boosts your mood. Like that's probably my number one trick in in terms of boosting mood is a cold shower. Um, but what about the mood that you get when you freeze, when you turn the shower to cold? So that, that will actually get minimized the more you do, because what, what, uh, how that's going to work is this. You will end up, um, um, it's called mitochondrial genesis. In other words, your mitochondria are going to get stronger. The weaker ones are going to die, the, and, the, and the stronger ones are going uh, to repopulate, right? And this doing that more and more, you'll you'll start getting once you recognize how good you feel after the shower, you'll start getting excited in terms of doing this. And then there's one biohack in terms of making this more palatable. Uh, you do the Wim Hof uh, method right before you do um, the cold the cold shower, right? So before 2016's uh, winter season, I would have hated winter. All the time, right? It, you know, every other winter before that, I would have hated it. But 2016 is when I discovered Wim Hof breathing. So during the cold months, I would wake up do, in bed and do my um, first thing, do my uh, Wim Hof uh, method, three cycles of it. And I'd be so um, jazzed. I would just go straight into the cold shower. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go hot to cold. And 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 it got to a point where I had to start uh, stop doing that because the water in the winter months gets so cold that I was, I was actually getting a brain freeze from the opposite from from the outside. I was like, okay, I might have hit a point of diminishing returns now. So um, so Wim Hof breathing would help um, kind of take away the, the the cold response to a cold shower. Very interesting. Very interesting. 
Um, I would, for me personally, I haven't experimented with a lot, a lot of these. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing I do do is the same one as you, which is uh, I do have my morning bulletproof coffee. Mm -hmm. um, not only because it gives you that energy and you feel sharp right away, mm -hmm. uh, also because it's quick. You know, it's like a very quick breakfast with all the calories you need. Yeah. You're going to go till at least one o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been using that technique for about two years now, almost on a daily basis. Yeah. But I, I don't use MCT. I take it a step further and I use brain octane. So it's just yeah, 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 yeah. Octane. Which is just rocket fuel. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it works great. Um, I do cycle it because I do feel like maybe after a week or two, mm -hmm. the uh, results aren't as noticeable. Yeah. So in that time, um, I kind of maybe just cycle with tea um, mm -hmm. and other things. But uh, yeah, that would probably be my uh, most go-to used uh, biohack. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me too, because uh, it takes away the 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 thinking process in the morning, because you know what your breakfast is every day, and every thought is it's weighed equal. Like whether you're gonna whether you're gonna decide what you're gonna dress or whether you're gonna decide if you're gonna apply to a job, it's it's all it, it has the same weight uh, when it comes to um, your neurons. So if you eliminate thinking about breakfast and just ha and have it standardized like a coffee. Or a bulletproof coffee, it would it would actually um, transpire your day much better in terms of your endurance. Cool. So it looks like you do a lot of different things. You've touched up on many different biohacks and tips mm -hmm. on better self care. Um, how do you keep track of all this stuff? Like I know you use Care Clinic, but like what exactly do you do? What what actually works? What can other people just get behind and just start doing right away that can help them? Yeah. So. What you can be doing is putting, listing out the vitamins you're taking, the medications you're taking, um, and then creating a care plan around this, um, around these um, items, so that you are able to track um, on what days you're taking what, and and so that at the end of the day, you, when you, when you create a post, you you say, oh, I've taken all these, and then check in how your energy level is. Oh, today was a good day, or today, or today was a rather. Uh, I was very fatigued, and it wasn't necessarily because I had work stress or something. Things like this, you can keep an eye on, and the more you, the more of the journal that you keep up with, the more uh, posts that you create, the more you'll be able to standardize and kind of deduce what's working and what's not working. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of times uh, I see a lot of users that have chronic conditions starting off with their journal. Mm -hmm. And they told me that it um, reduces something called uh, recall bias for them. Okay. So that's basically when they go to their doctor, they're not exaggerating or forgetting anything um, that uh, may have occurred to them. And this includes things like symptoms and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have to actually agree to with the with the users that report that because I do too sometimes. Like. I don't like check a post in or something like that on certain days. And I'm like, and now uh, I'm I'm taking a supplement or something. And now I'm like almost kind of paranoid. Oh, did I take this yesterday or did I not? You know, it, to, to keep your, you know, to what do you call it, Six Sigma, that kind of uh, situation from coming on, you kind of mitigate it by creating a post and being disciplined with it. And then so that you can reduce the kind of um, the questioning or the recall bias.
Right. So we haven't we haven't told our listeners why or how we got in touch. Um, do you want to mention that or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So I, I was mentioning earlier about medical protocols. I would re- really recommend anyone um, to especially check out a functional doctor's medical protocol, uh, whether they're in your local area or to or through telemedicine, like I did with Dr. Walsh's protocol. So. Basically, about a year ago, almost exactly around this time, I got um, um, I, I went to the Dr. Walsh's protocol, and then I re- recognized the the protocol um, recommendations are really uh, heavy with supplementation, and then knew okay for me to keep track of half a dozen supplementation, and then this is not some really new thing where I'm trying a new thing. This is something that I need to stick to, and then you know be very careful with uh, to make sure it's working or not. And so I recognized I was going to run into the problem of um, the recall bias or um, or just being um, organized in the first place. So I was, I was Googling online, like, how do I track my supplements? And then Outcomes Care Clinic. And I was like, okay, I, I, I fell in love with it. I was like, okay, this is exactly what I need. And then I recognized um, I wanted, I, that's when I reached out to you. I'm like, hey, can I help you in, in any efforts or not? And then you were like, oh, there's, you know, there's room for a business analyst and here I am. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And since then, uh, we've implemented a lot of features that uh, we can both find useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to play around with the correlations uh, report yet, but it's, uh, it's actually one of my favorite features. So mm-hmm. now I can actually see the direct correlations between taking, say, melatonin at night and the amount of sleep I get or if coffee disturbs my sleep, say after 6 p.m. or something like yeah. that. And uh, we're just rolling it out to all the different categories so we can measure diet uh, and physical activity and its correlations to other uh, parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, I, so I haven't been um, utilizing that often. Um, I should be just because... The world of biohacking is becoming so accessible. Like there's more and more biohacking labs um, popping up all throughout the country, especially in America, and people are trying, you know, really heavy-duty um, things. And it'll be helpful to kind of help them see, hey, is, is my money worth it? Going all this, trying all these things, or you know, is it not? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, um, is there anything else you want to add? I mean, this episode is getting kind of long. Um, yeah. so start wrapping things up. So if there's like any final words you have. Yeah. So, so talking about the episode getting long, right. And this is one thing I love listening to, uh, podcasts and stuff. But one thing I find is that it's kind of hard to make things actionable. And I, I do believe we should, we're going to be, um, creating this precedent from now and going forward of creating a care plan, um, for this, uh, podcast so that people can, follow along and make things actionable for them and see what they like, see what they don't like about that came from our discussion. Okay, sure. So uh, we can link out to all the different plans um, from the show description for, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, the diet protocol and the medical protocol and all the other ones as well. Of course. Uh, maybe just to uh, summarize everything, uh, we talked about altitude training. So I took notes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be buying some paracetam. Uh, yeah. Let's see how that helps out. Yeah. Uh, we also touched on um, the way you cook your rice. You use white rice mm-hmm. and 
you put, I guess, MCT oil in there. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. Um, you also touched on um, safety, which is a big issue, mm-hmm. which is basically, you know, try your minimal effective dose. Don't overdo it if you're starting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see what actually works for you. We touched up on DNA tests, um, which I thought was interesting. I guess we don't have any companies to recommend. People should do their own research. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So uh, if you guys have any questions or concerns, uh, feel free to email us um, just at info at careclinic.io or you can reach Bargov directly at Bargov at careclinic.io. Um, anything else, Bargov? No. See you guys next time. All right. See you. Thank you.